Hey, church family. Welcome to part three of our three-part series on kids at church. And this third podcast that we're bringing to you is entitled Preparing Our Kids Practically for Church. So we're going to jump right in and talk about the first practical tool for preparing our kids at church, which is character training. We want to prepare our kids to do life together as a family and interacting in such a way that we're bringing glory to the Lord, that we're blessing one another, that we are bringing joy to one another, all of those things that each of us as parents wants to see our children doing. And sometimes we feel frustrated because they're not. So let's talk about how to better prepare our kids to do that. Not only do we have to know the word of God in order to train our kids up in it, but we also have to saturate our kids in the principles of character that are found in the word in order to create the kind of church environment where love, peace, and joy can thrive. And we've got a book to recommend in order to help train you as parents to train your kids in these things. Actually, a couple books, I think. You're right, a couple of books. The first one is For Instruction in Righteousness, and this is by Pam Forster. And this is a resource that Chris and I used a ton when we were raising our kids. It's actually like a manual of scripture, and it takes all kinds of different character qualities, all kinds of different challenges in your child's character, and lists scripture after scripture after scripture that deals with that character quality, both positive and negative, so that you can literally use the Word of God as a foundation for training your child in character. The other resource is Instructing a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp, and this is kind of a companion to Shepherding a Child's Heart But this one gets a little bit more into the nitty-gritty of the how-to in the day-in, day-out of how to train your child's heart in character. This is going to require a lot of intentionality. Yeah, intentionality is kind of the key words. In fact, I think there there are three elements to character training. And I would say the first is intentionality. We are required as parents to be incredibly intentional with our kids and how we raise them. Can you open that up a little bit? I think that when it comes to character training, it's one of those areas of our children's lives that either we're really on it or we are more laid back. And when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed, when we're frustrated, our MO as parents tends to be, well, I'm not going to deal with that right now. I'm not going to deal with the fact that my child is lazy, or I'm not going to deal with the fact that my child is dishonest or dishonoring or whatever, you know, the flavor of the day might be. And we tend to think, well, I'll deal with that tomorrow. But when we have that mentality and we don't go towards intentionality in shaping our child's heart to look like Jesus, what that ends up doing is it bites us on the backside. And we end up, as Chris said in our previous podcast, paying later more than we pay now. So, you know, when we're talking about looking for character qualities to train intentionally, we have to be vigilant as parents. In other words, our eyes have to be open. We have to be looking watchful, which goes along with vigilant, and wise. This requires a ton of wisdom from the Holy Spirit. So one of the things Chris and I used to do as our kids were little was we were constantly just crying out to the Lord, 
pretty much as part of our daily prayer routine, Father, give us wisdom. We need your wisdom in parenting our children, but more than anything, we need your wisdom in shaping their hearts, in shaping their character, in shaping their spiritual formation so that they will have this foundation in their lives that will enable them to run and chase after you. We we got to maintain that balance of grace and tenderness and yet at the same time, determination in our purpose to shape our children's character for the kingdom. That's a difficult balance. It is a difficult balance to strike. I think, again, especially when we're overwhelmed or tired as parents, we tend to fall to one extreme or the other. Either we give too much grace or we're too determined. <laughs> okay, so this this brings up a really good point, a question that parents will ask quite a bit. This sounds exhausting. Right. My kid has so many issues to deal with. You got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. How do I tackle this? The best way that we have found to tackle character training is to pray into one character quality in which your child is struggling the most. So just one at a time. One at a time. If you try to tackle your kid's whole heart all at one time, you're both going to end up overwhelmed and frustrated. Your child will end up feeling like they can't do anything right. They're constantly being disciplined or have consequences, and you will be absolutely exhausted almost before you even start. As a couple, we would encourage you, or if you're a single parent, just you and Jesus, pray into which is the quality in my child's heart that needs to be trained the most in this season. Or get input. Absolutely. Get input from those who know your child the best. Choose somebody who's most bothered by your children. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll be sure to tell you which character quality to focus on. Yeah, actually, it's a great idea to check in with a grandparent, an aunt and uncle. Another great resource for this is your child's best friend's parents, because those parents are going to know your child really well. They're going to be interacting with your child on a regular basis. Definitely get wise input, but first pray, ask the Lord, Lord, which is the character quality that most needs my focus right now? And then begin to focus on bringing that child into greater maturity. And I'm going to give you a list of ways to do that. The first is instruction. You want to begin to give your child age-appropriate, succinct, yet powerful and meaningful instruction so they know exactly what it is that this character quality entails. It can't be nebulous. It can't be a big question mark in their heads. In other words, you can't say you need to be kind, but then not instruct them on what kindness actually looks like. Then you need to practice with them. You need to have those teachable moments where you're pulling them literally out of the moment. For instance, they're playing with their friends, they're playing with their siblings, maybe they're playing with the dog or the cat, and you actually see in that moment, oh, here's a teachable moment. I'm going to pull my child out of the moment in a way that doesn't cause frustration, and I'm going to teach into this and say, did you see what happened in that moment? That was a great opportunity to show kindness. And here's what that might have looked like or ask your child, what could that have looked like? Also, if you see that your child has fallen down in that area, it's a great opportunity to pull them out and say, how could you have shown kindness in that moment? And then have them begin to think through that. Then bringing in discipline. 
in connection with this character quality is probably going to be a needed add-on. Looking for ways to impact your child's heart wisely through discipline is one of the key areas of character training. And we can talk more about that in another podcast as far as manners of discipline and things that most impact your child's heart. And then lastly, and I would say this is just as important, if not more important than any of the other methods, encouragement. You've got to overload your child with encouragement as you are working on character training. This is constant. It's daily. It's in the moment looking for ways to encourage. Yeah, you're always giving them that extra boost of, well done, good job, that was fantastic. I know that you're called to be a a young man or a young woman, a boy or a girl of kindness, of hard work, of, you know, whatever it is that you're working towards, speak life over them, call out the gold in them. Also, one other tip in this is go towards the conflict. As you're training your child in character training, one of the things that Chris and I have seen happen all the time is that parents tend to avoid conflict. I can say that because I am a conflict avoider by nature. It was very hard for me to learn how to go towards conflict, but going towards conflict is one of the things that we have to learn to do as parents if we are going to train our children wisely. Go towards the conflict in grace and in wisdom. Don't avoid the hard moments and especially do not defer them through distraction or denial. Now, what I mean by that is this. I see so many parents who will watch their child doing something that they know is in opposition to the character that they are doing their best to implement in their child's heart. And In that moment, they will either choose to distract their child to avoid the conflict. Oh, you're throwing a fit because you wanted the blue cup and I'm giving you the green cup. Well, that's okay. How about we choose the purple cup? That's called distraction. (laughs) And that's not dealing with the root issue of your child's heart. And then the other method that I see parents going towards all the time is denial. In other words, they will look the other way and pretend or tell themselves, This is not happening. This is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) And that does nothing for your child's heart. And it actually only causes the pay later syndrome to kick in. Yeah, look for those two things, distraction or denial. And never miss an opportunity to celebrate victory. As parents, we miss this often, especially if we're working hard at developing a character quality, there could be a really minor, like a 10% improvement that happens. And instead of celebrating that and looking for the victory, we are disappointed because of the 90% that's not happened. That's not how this character quality thing develops in our, in our kids. It's going to develop bit by bit one step at a time, and you need to celebrate each step. And celebrate blatantly. You know, have the whole family celebrate. Cause it to be a thing that's talked about. Everybody's helping. Everybody's working together with these things. Everybody knows what the issues are that are being worked on. And then there's family-wide celebration when there are victories. Can we identify a few character qualities? Like, let's pull two or three out that would be the most important for parents to work on with regard to home church environment. 
I think the first one that comes to mind, and I think this will be obvious kind of across the board, is self-control. Now, this is something that you can train your child in beginning at one and a half or two years old, and it can be worked on all the way up through the teen years. Self-control is one of those things that even as adults, we have to work on. I would say that one probably rises to the top. Look for ways at home where your child is not using self-control, is not embracing self-control. Another way of putting that would be self-government. Do they not know how to govern themselves through the power of the Holy Spirit if they have walked into salvation or just governing themselves in their choices in the day-to-day practical issues of life? From a very early age, from toddlerhood, you can begin to teach them self-control. And we could talk about methods in, an, in another podcast, but that's one of the qualities most needed. How about honor, or as we like to say in our home, otherly-mindedness? Yeah, and, and I think this is something that would be pretty easy to extrapolate out and understand how that's needed in a home church setting. But honor for others as they're speaking— Honor for others because of their age. Honor for others because of their situation. Honor for others because that's what Jesus does. You know, Romans tells us that we are to outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. That's a powerful statement. And I think if we can begin to train our children in that, you know, again, pulling in the word, pulling in scripture, We as parents first have to know the word before we can teach the word to our kids. So scour the word for yourself. Begin to look at at these, these verses that have to do with issues that you know are needed for your children to interface in home church and then begin to teach them to your kids. Sit them down and say, what does it look like to outdo one another in showing honor? Okay, so if we had to pick one other character quality that's most needed in church, what would you say that would be, honey? I would say that would be patience. Mm. This is from the littles all the way up to the teens. You know, oftentimes in home church settings, it is hard to be patient. We may have someone who decides that this is the day that they're going to share their life story, or they say, I'm going to share, you know, my one minute testimony, and that turns into 25 minutes. (laughs) And teaching your children in those kinds of situations Mm. to be patient with others is really key. Obviously, patience is desperately needed when it comes to child-to-child interaction. So we're in house church. Your little boy has got another little boy or little girl that they are playing with, and an issue arises and tempers flare. And in that moment, they're going to need to pull on what it looks like to be patient, to overlook offense, to wait and just hold their words All of those things have to do with patience and are very needed in a home church setting. And there's so many other really important character qualities. Obviously, there's kindness, there's critical thinking, etc. But if we could focus on perhaps these three as families with our kids, we can probably really change the environment of our corporate time together. And I want to add one more thought to this, and that is, you know, Our culture has programmed us as parents to have an expectation for children that, well, they're kids, so they can't handle that. They can't handle sitting still. They can't handle being quiet. They can't handle focusing. They can't handle listening to others as they're speaking. You know, so much of our culture has taught us as parents 
to give allowance for our children that oftentimes does need to be given. Children shouldn't be expected to act like an adult with the same amount of maturity that an adult would have, but they should be expected to be growing in these things and to be in the process of embracing them. In other words, if we've got like a, let's say a two, three, four-year-old in church, should they be expected to be learning the process of sitting still, having self-control, listening, or should the expectation be, well, they're three, four, whatever, so they can just run around and be crazy? From Chris and I's perspective in raising our own children, what we have learned is that if we defer that kind of training to a time that we think, well, now they're able to handle it, we've actually missed a huge window. So instead of looking at our kids through a cultural lens of, yeah, they just can't handle that, we believe that we need to begin to very early instill these virtues in our children. We have seen families, we've known families, we still know families who have done this, and the result has actually been pretty stunning and astounding. Yeah. It's very compelling. These families have known, no, our kids can handle more than this. Our kids can learn these things even at a very young age, and it's been just the most beautiful thing to watch. That's good. Honey, with just a couple minutes left, can we get back to the issue of practice? This is a really important thing for us as parents to do with our kids at home in preparation for church. Can we talk about that together? Yeah. I think that practice is one of the key elements to seeing your children be involved in home church settings with success, or at least with growing success. I would say the first thing to remember is that you are the church. As a family, you are already the church. And so there's no need necessarily to be at a different setting on a Sunday morning to actually look like or walk as the church. Set up scenarios in your home where you can role play and walk your kids through how to interact and respond. This is a lot of fun to do. We've done this with our kids all through their growing up years. Especially for honoring others when speaking, this works really well in this environment. Yes, absolutely. One of the things we used to do when the kids were were young would be to set up a, a mock type of environment for whatever type of character quality we were wanting to work on or situation that we were wanting to train them into. And Chris and I would would act out different roles. We would have the kids acting out different roles. And then in that scenario, we would toss out different situations. Chris and I would act a certain way and we would have the kids respond to that. And then we would change it up and have it be different and train into the situation even as we were making a game out of it. This kind of training is really effective because it's fun. The kids uh, like role-playing, and so they get very engaged in this. And then before church, as you're driving up to church, you're actually able to point back to that situation, back to that role-playing. They'll remember it because it was fun, and they'll say, okay, now we're about to go into that kind of environment. Yes. So what do you do when somebody says this to you? Yeah, let me give a very practical example of that very quickly. One of the great tools for teaching your children how to show honor to others when someone is speaking to them is through role play. So you can set up a scenario at home where you as the adult are pretending to be, let's say, 
the host, whoever's hosting your home church or the leader of the home church. And as that person, you are speaking to your child. Hello, little Davy. So happy that you're here today. How are you doing? I love your shirt. It's so cool. And then using that as a springboard to train your child in how to appropriately answer and respond. We used to do this with our kids all the time. We would talk about eye contact. We would talk about volume of response. We would talk about throwing the ball back. In other words, tossing the ball back and Instead forth of, of just conversation. Saying, thank you. Then to say thank you, but then ask a question or say something nice about the person who's talking to you. Exactly. Such as, well, how are you today, Mr. So-and-so? I like your shirt as well. That's an example of <laughs> tossing the ball back and forth in conversation. And again, this is where our expectation of our children should be a scriptural expectation of honoring. And that's just one way that we can practice that. So something else we can do is train our kids by asking them age-appropriate questions. This is really important when it comes to critical thinking that we talked about in the last podcast. We want to have our kids think critically through their own answers. And this is a really good opportunity to do that and a great opportunity to praise them and encourage them as they respond. Yeah, asking them age-appropriate questions in this kind of role-playing situation or practice situation is a really great tool to solidify character, to solidify understanding of what church is about, of how to interact at church, of why we gather, all those kinds of things. Really great opportunity to do that. The last thing would be to train by doing. And honey, you mentioned a few minutes ago the reminder that as a family, we are the church. Right. So your nuclear family, it's it's the husband and the wife and the little Johnny or little Davy, as you said a minute ago. <laughs> That's the church. Right. And so we're not just play practicing church time. We can actually do church together. We can actually worship together. We can actually read the word together. We should be doing these things together in an age-appropriate way. Find an age-appropriate Bible for your children and use that to read the word and have them interact with it. Ask them questions, have them respond. Teach them to ask questions. Yeah, that's a great opportunity to teach them what a good, meaningful question looks like and how they could actually submit a meaningful question in our Sunday gatherings within the context of the greater body of Christ. Which forces them to pay attention and listen while the Bible is being read. Exactly. Also, take the time at home, and it really doesn't matter if you're an artist, but practice prophetic art. Get out paper, paints, pencils, whatever, and all of you practice prophetic art. Practice hearing from the Lord and painting what you see or putting on worship music and painting a picture that the Lord gives you during that time. For some of you, it'll be prophetic. For others, it'll be pathetic, but it's still art. <laughs> for me, it would be pathetic. <laughs> yeah, practice listening to the Holy Spirit. And, and teaching your children how to do this and then giving each other age appropriate prophetic words of encouragement. This is something that can be so life giving to one another as a family and really trains your children in 
oh, I actually heard the voice of Jesus. That was amazing. When can we do this as a family? What's the opportunity for doing all of this? One of the things Chris and I did is when our kids were growing up, we would do routine family nights. In fact, our children all knew that once a week we had, and depending on the season, it was a different night of the week. We had a routine family night that was blocked out. No other commitments were made. And that was a time when we would not only have fun and play games, but we would do some of these things to practice whatever it was that we were trying to train our children into. It should be fun. It should be lots of fun. It should be fun. There should be lots of laughter happening, lots of hugs and joking. It should be great memories. I was going to say lots of memories made. Hopefully, this has given you some practical hands-on tools to begin to prepare your kids to interact at church. We have such an excitement, such an anticipation about what it looks like to have our children in church with us, interacting with us, and participating with us as members of the body of Christ. We just cannot wait to see how the Lord is going to use them and use all of us together to further His kingdom. So this concludes our three-part series in Kids at Church. Thanks Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining.